not working. What was that noise? I see something outside. Don't go out there! Prepare yourselves for a dark and twisted tale. Wanna play a game? How long can you survive? In your opinion, what's better? Sirens or aliens? Well, I think the aliens definitely hooked me more. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the mythical creatures. Not, not the show. Well, then I don't think you could count aliens as mythical creatures. Oh, and yeah. you can't really count sirens out either. Well, I'd believe aliens more than sirens as things. I mean, technically they could be the same thing. Mm. There's a whole theory about, like, Atlantis being under the ocean and, like, us not, like, knowing 90-something percent or whatever, whatever large percentage that is that we haven't explored the ocean. There's also a theory that aliens are actually under the water. Exactly what I was getting at, but yeah. thank you for agreeing with me. Of course. Anyways, uh... <laughs> Yes, so this week, welcome back everyone, we are talking about the finale of American Horror Story, which is now weeks past due, but <laughs> we finally finished it, so we're here to discuss it. American Horror Story Double Feature did exactly what its name lived up to, it was a double feature. We had six episodes for Red Tide and four episodes for Death Valley, and I kind of went back and forth over this season. It had a lot of good elements, but overall, I think it could have been done a little bit better. I I love the actors in both. They were good, so great. I love seeing um, a lot of old faces return in this one, especially for Red Tide. Like, I love Lil Lily Rabe whenever she comes in American Horror Story. She's one of my favorites since season one. Agreed. And then also seeing, I'm blanking on his name, but he played Dandy in season four, but he played... Um, the husband in Red Tide. Oh, did he? He did. He was the serial killer in season four. That, uh, you know, the rich boy. Oh, nice. Yeah. And of course, there's Sarah Paulson. Yes. She's always fantastic. She's an executive producer on the show now. Yeah, you know, it's just, I really enjoyed the cast. Like, we had Evan Peters, Francis Conroy. We had all these great people. It just felt lacking to me. I, I, like, if we focus on Red Tide first, the last episode felt super rushed to me, and everyone just basically murdered each other, and L.A. went into chaos. <laughs> Which, I mean, L.A. is kind of already chaos to some extent. But, you know, now you had pale vampire people. Which, again, I stand by it. I feel like this season was more like vampires than sirens. Like, I get sirens are, you know, they draw them in with the beautiful sound, but the pill in this is basically drawing people in with the art. I, I get the parallels. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking more of a sing-songy monsters. Yeah, I think the sirens really just came from the town itself. Being by the ocean, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I think it even said that... There used to be a lighthouse or something like that nearby or whatever. 
Um, yeah, I both of these halves, I will say it again, they definitely lack things for me. For the first half, for Red Tide, you got to know the characters more, and you did get to root for their deaths, root for, you know, them to stay alive. You had predictions that either came true or didn't, but it was just, I don't know, I didn't feel a good connection with it. Which is shocking considering we're both artists. I think that's exactly why I didn't feel a good connection uh, with it. scary connections. You didn't want to go to that place. Well, it wasn't entertaining in that way where I could like, you know, ha-ha, laugh at the deaths or anything like that. It was very dark. And it almost felt like I was depressed, like, at the town. <laughs> like, but that was also the whole co the color scheme of it. You know, it's, it's, it's during winter. It's very dull. It's, what was it, in Maine, I think Cape Cod is in. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of just a dark area in general. And they wanted, the times they did use color was when they were, like, really, like, showcasing something to some degree. Mm-hmm. So, the use of color was, you know, it, it was a director's choice at that point. And that I do agree on, but I still think that the second half, was it Death Valley? Yes. Has to be my favorite because of all of the little Easter eggs that they have in the past. Yes. Okay, so, obviously spoilers, since <laughs> we forgot to say that in the beginning, but, it's you know, th this episode's titled Finale, so if you're listening to the finale episode, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Death Valley was only four episodes compared to Red Tide, the, uh, the first half, which was six. I personally only loved the, like what Tori said, the flashbacks of Death Valley. Because it basically started off with um, Dwight Eisenhower and how he was the one that was there when an alien first crash landed on Earth. And how the alien was this like telekinetic being that took over his wife, threatened her, and he was forced to sign this treaty with the alien to save his, li his wife's life. And... To make sure that Earth wasn't destroyed in the process. Because the aliens were basically like, if you don't sign this and work with us, we're just going to invade you. And, you know, tough situation. So I don't blame him for signing it. And it was so nice because as these four episodes were rolling by, we got to see all these, like, big cases that are kind of remain today as, like, some big mysteries. And why they happened and how the aliens associated with them. For example, JFK's assassination. According to Death Valley, JFK was assassinated because he wanted to expose America to the aliens that Eisenhower made a treaty with. And they were just like, well, we can't really have that happen. And Eisenhower didn't really necessarily want him dead, but Nixon did. <laughs> well, Eisenhower didn't even want to, like, sign it in the first place. Like, he was fully against it yeah that his vp nixon was all for it because nixon's all about war 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 and conquering and the literal only reason why eisenhower signed that like treaty bill contract 
whatever the heck you want to call it, is to save his wife because an alien goes inside of his wife and kind of takes over her body, makes her float, all of that stuff. They had already seen that an alien can make a head explode. Telekinetically. Yeah, and kill the host while also saving, you know, the alien itself. So he did it to basically save his wife. Which, you know, I totally get that. Like, you know, again, tough situation. I I think I would be, I would have a hard time too if an alien was possessing your body and they were telling me to do something I didn't want to do. And it's like, well, I gotta save Tori. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. But there was also other things like uh, Marilyn Monroe dying, which I actually looked up. And there's this whole book on the conspiracy of her death that is basically saying that JFK learned about the existence of aliens and he told Marilyn Monroe and then, you know, she was it she died of an overdose or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even to this day there's some weird weird conspiracy theories that goes along with Marilyn Monroe's death. Same with JFK, obviously. And I think it would be very interesting if the government did assassinate them because of aliens. Or some they learned some sort of secret. Yeah, I think one Easter egg that I will always get, like, giddy about, because it's so small, and I don't know if they just chose this name random or what, but at one point you see, I think it's either Nixon or Eisenhower reading a newspaper, and this is after the treaty is signed, and it's basically talking about some people that are, like, abducted, um, like, this one night, and one of the names on the cover is Caroline Gibson. And when I looked that up, she's actually a sci-fi writer. So I got all like excited about that. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, I don't know if there, if she claims to have been like abducted by aliens or if her books are that good. Like it kind of makes me want to go like look for her books. Wasn't like, it all like sci-fi smut <laughs> <laughs> i mean pretty much you have shirtless men on the cover so yeah most likely <laughs> i mean hey that's hook that's how you literally hook like female readers so <laughs> <laughs> um but that is one thing that i really got excited about as well as all of the hints of what mamie basically did in her first ladyship of bringing Halloween parties, birthday parties, you know, all of these celebrations. Was it they called her the pink first lady or that she turned the White House pink or something like that? She basically made pink cool. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> her whole thing was that, you know, she, a lot of people thought pink was weak. So she wanted it to be like in kitchens and all these things. And yeah. So if your grandparents or parents or any house that you go to have like pink countertops or wallpapers, we can thank First Lady Mamie Eisenhower for that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, the most disturbing scene though, not disturbing, but just like unexpected. I think I know what you're talking about. Was when Eisenhower like hears like the, the like the banging oh coming from the <laughs> from a room he goes to check it out and you see Mamie having sex with Valiant Thor who Valiant Thor was this robotic emissary for the aliens that was on earth that was overseeing a lot of the uh 
alien abductions because the whole thing was that their planet was dying. So these aliens couldn't just land on Earth because they were going to die. So they, when they made this whole treaty with Eisenhower, they needed, like, basically to abduct a bunch of humans so they can experiment, impregnate them, so they can give birth to hybrid alien human babies so that they could essentially populate the Earth, which, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know how that helps the aliens that are not on the planet. It ensures the survival of the race. Yeah, but at that point, it's not their race anymore. It's a hybrid race. Yes and no, yeah. Like, the ones that, you know, can't touch down on Earth, you know, it wasn't like they were trying to find a way for them to become immune to land on Earth. It was just, uh, we just want future generations of these hybrids to populate your planet now. Which, I actually have a theory that with the contract came... You know, something good for the humans. We got ovens and toasters and all of these electronic devices. It was actually more of the internet that they gave us and smartphones. <laughs> I mean, it started more with, like, ovens and toasters. True. Because they had to slowly... Build up. Yeah. But I feel like one of the ways that they were able to survive was because of... The radiation that this new technology was emitting in a sense yeah because if you think about it it's what 50 60 years into the future in 2021 that the first like perfect hybrid is born <laughs> and this is an era that's basically ruled by technology Right. I mean, hell, you're probably listening to this podcast on your phone, which you carry literally everywhere. <laughs> which, okay, and that's one of the biggest things they brought up is how quickly technology had advanced. And when you think about it, it's insane. Like, if you're looking from 1930 to 1950, technology was kind of relatively around the same. Like, obviously, things got better and improved over time. But it wasn't, like, drastic. Now, if you're comparing 2000 to 2020, holy crap. In 2000, we, were like, still had VHS tapes. Just barely getting DVDs. And now we have VR technology. We have smartphones that are touchscreen. It's pretty insane how rapidly technology has progressed. I believe aliens. <laughs> Oh yeah, 100%. Everyone has probably heard the theory of the aliens helping the Egyptians build, you know, their pyramids and their societies and the Aztecs building their societies and El Dorado. <laughs> that whole, like, mythical city that now no one can find, but there is a fabulous movie that I absolutely love. The Road to El Dorado? Yeah. The cartoon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I 100% love that movie. Want to watch it again. But yeah, there are multiple cities, whether they are mythical or ancient, that people are like, no, there's no way that people back in the day were able to make these huge, like, monuments or anything like that. Like, they had to have had help. Oh, absolutely. No, I totally believe... All the alien conspiracy mumbo... Not all of it. <laughs> there are some really yeah. dumb conspiracies. But, you know, there are other things where I'm just like, 
that doesn't really make sense. Like, when you think about it, the pyramids, giant stone blocks, and they're like, oh, they had, you know, a bunch of the slaves help, which, sure, okay, I could believe that, but, like, do you know how long that would take and how heavy those stones are? For the technology of that time, that would have taken, like, at least a hundred years, maybe more, because they didn't have, like, any mechanical stuff. It was yeah. all manpower. Or animal power. So, yeah. That, that's where I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I buy some of this stuff. But, that being said, let's go back to, this, to the TV show. <laughs> yeah, so it has a lot of hints in this past half of this last part of the season. Um, that really do go with theories that people have. Like, literally, the first theory that's basically touched upon is... Amelia Earhart. Yeah. And how she was abducted by aliens and possibly impregnated or taken or anything like that. And when they found her, she thought it was still the same year that she left because all she remembered was a blinding light as she was flying the plane. And then all of a sudden she was like back on Earth. Mm-hmm. And she was just like freaking out when like Eisenhower was like, no, I'm president. She goes, you're not the president. <laughs> and then of course, you know, they also touched on Watergate with uh, when Nixon was president. He already knew about the aliens in the show. So his reason for bugging Watergate was to try to get information on Valiant Thor and some of the other alien ongoing stuff because mm -hmm. he wanted to make a final stand. But naturally the aliens knew what he was doing and uh they decided to abduct him and then you know make him resign <laughs> but it was fun because how the four episodes went was the first half of the episode was designated towards the past and all the stuff that the united states government did to cover up these alien things which was fun i enjoyed that thoroughly i kind of wish the entire last half of the season was focused on that modern day overall span of the second half of the, each episode they focused on these four people uh you know like there was this one couple it was like these two guys and then they had these other two random girls and you know there were the these four friends that knew each other and decided to go on a trip to to joshua tree and while they were there they were camping and a bunch of weird things started happening like they got lost at one point and they ended up on this cow farm where they found these, like, half cows, and <laughs> the, uh, the cows were literally cut in half, and there was no blood or anything. And one of them, I think the blonde is the one that ends up going over the fence and basically trying to check out, like, what the heck happened to these cows. And the one cow that she goes up to actually breathes and is, kind of starts, like, huffing and is like, oh my god, what? In cow talk, basically. <laughs> in cow talk? And moo. Moo, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then shortly after, the four of them get abducted. And then, you know, they get experimented on. But they kind of... What was kind of neat about that scene was that one of the guys was driving. And his boyfriend couldn't drive because he was Jewish. And it was like Passover. So he was... I think it was Passover. And he wasn't allowed to operate um, electrical technology I basically. I thought he was like Mormon or something. No, he was Jewish. So, and that, that's the whole thing. Or the Sabbath is what it was. They're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. Yeah, nothing with technology on the Sabbath. Yes. So he couldn't drive. So he was in the passenger seat and then they get abducted and then all of a sudden like, Tor and I started noticing I was like, wait, they're all in different seats. <laughs> and then literally a few minutes later, like, cause 
they see one of the girls who's like missing. I think it's one of the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the girl with the dark hair. Like she's outside of the car, kind of disoriented. So they get her back in the car, and then they're like, "Wait, what the heck is happening? Like, why are we all in different seats? Like, what the heck happened?" And they have this whole amount of time that has basically like escaped them. And what I find interesting is that you can kind of guess through the friends like almost who's going to live because the blonde who does end up creating like the perfect hybrid of alien and human is the one to touch the cows. She's the one that automatically her thoughts go to aliens and alien abductions and all of that stuff. Her friends are just like, no, no way in hell. Not non-existent. Not happening. And then she's also the one that has been anti-technology as well. Yeah, and then so basically what ends up happening is, you know, they all get pregnant, even the two guys, which is kind of funny. And they were both freaking out. They're like, where is the baby going to come out of? And eventually the four of them get abducted by the government and, well, slash aliens. Yeah, the four end up going to one of the girls' OBGYNs for this pregnancy. And the doctor starts freaking out, goes in the other room, tries to call, like, her doctor friend or something. Who's supposed to be, like, a specialist. And then the men in black come in, basically kill her and abduct the other four. Yeah. And then I, which is another thing that I thought was kind of fun is that they show how Area 51 was created. Like, initially, Valiant Thor, the robot alien emissary, was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just experimenting in these tunnels. And then eventually he gave him the desert to experiment on. Huh. And... We need to expand. We don't have enough room down here. So then, Area 51 is created. <laughs> yeah. But uh, overall, the second half was the boring part for me. Like, I really didn't care much for the four college kids. Yeah, that this is one thing about this half of the season that I just didn't grow a connection to the characters themselves. Like, I loved seeing the historical aspects. I yes. loved seeing that they had the whole moon landing Faked in by Area Fifty One, <laughs> which that's actually a theory. There is a theory, and a movie and book, actually many books, have been written about this. That we never actually landed on the moon in the sixties. That Stanley Kubrick actually directed that whole um, first step, big leap, whatever the Neil Armstrong quote is. Mm -hmm. um, but that that is a legitimate thing. Also. Who was the director or um, technology guy that was in, like, was it the second episode when they're first brought in there that you see talking to Calico? Was it Elon Musk? Oh, no, it was Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was the other thing. Like, everyone that was in Area 51, they just kind of stopped aging. Between Red Tide and Death Valley, which one did you like more? Death Valley. I think I'm with you on that. Just for the pure thing of all of the Easter eggs of aliens and basically confirming every alien theory that we have. Literally. And, 
and lizard men. Oh, yeah, that was the other one. That, that, <laughs> that there were other alien species that were competing with these aliens. For yeah, Earth. what is it? Uh, Nixon's VP or yeah. probably one of his cabinet members that was next to him. I can't remember his name. But that he was a lizard man and that, you know, this one, this first alien race basically abducted accidentally one of the lizard men and had to kill them. You know, you're my competition. Don't want you here right now. There was also the one video clip of, uh, well, I'm blanking on the guy's name. I, th I thought they said his name was Scott, but when I looked it up, Nixon's VP wasn't named Scott, so I could be completely wrong. Well, that's why I say he could have been one of the cabinet members as well. True. But, uh, but there was a video clip of him, and then Eisenhower's on his deathbed, and he's watching the TV, and, um... He just sees his eyes flicker to this reptilian eyes, and they flicker back, and he goes, Did you catch that? He's an alien. <laughs> I swear, his eye just turned reptilian. It was great. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I, you know, I really did love the alien stuff, but my biggest disappointment was the lack of connection to season two. Or at least, I didn't see any. I was about to bring that up. Because it didn't make sense, because in season two, they kidnapped um, Kit's wives, and basically made sure that when the kids were born, they were like these intelligent humans that were going to do good for society and stuff. But in here, it's saying that the aliens were abducting people to experiment on them and impregnate them with alien hybrids. And if they weren't a perfect hybrid, most of them, 99% of them, were not perfect hybrids. There was only that one. Right. And... All of the others basically came out of the womb or wherever the heck the guys, wherever the hell the baby is born Oh, they goes. did a C-section on the guy. Yeah, but then you also have to wonder, like, where... Is a uterus technically... Oh, where like, it is growing created inside the guy. Yeah, I don't inside know. Inside the guy, like... It... I don't want to question it, just the guys <laughs> are pregnant. Girls and guys can get pregnant. What? Aliens. Um, yeah, that is something that was questioned and like... Because I had that whole theory that the uh, the scientist from Red Tide was going to be connected into Death Valley and she was going to be the daughter from mm -hmm. um, season two. And then the, the son was going to be, you know, one of the aliens or whatever. Yeah, something like that. And then... The alien hybrids, they clear, they looked like humans, but they had a little bit bigger head, and they had giant bulging black eyes, like, you know, like a gray alien, like the stereotypical look. So, the little green men. Yeah, so there, it was very obvious that they looked like aliens to some degree. That's where I say that the kids from season two couldn't have been a hybrid or experimented on to that extent because they didn't look like, I mean, they looked human. Where these aliens that were the hybrids were clearly, like, they did not look human. <laughs> so I was disappointed because I, and I feel like I'm probably not the only one. Cause I feel like a lot of people wanted to see more of that connection to asylum. Cause when they brought in aliens in asylum, everyone was like, what the hell? And I, I think they had a good chance to connect things and they didn't. And I was very let down as a fan. Yeah. And usually there's at least one connection between, you know, each season, whether it's, you know, coven and hotel where it's what's her name going into the hotel or 
uh, you know, the one girl from Asylum being also in Circus or, you know, those kind of connections, especially when it's leading up to Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse was the big, like, tie-in for all of them. That hit Hotel, um, Murder House, Coven. Coven, everything, basically. It hit a lot of things. Yeah. I don't think I saw any connection with any of the other seasons with this one. No. And with only four episodes in the last half, I felt kind of let down. Well, especially like, with the Like, it ending. tied up so... Like, I guess I was almost expecting and wanting this, like, destruction of Area 51 and the destruction, or at least the destruction of, like, the perfect specimen baby and the host or, you know, things like that to tie up, you know, this victory story with a little nice little bow but that's or, not what happened. Right. Or even, like, if they did kill the first hybrid and then they had to start over, you know? Yeah, but instead, you know, everything just continued the way it was. So I'm just like, I don't know. Well, no, the ending led where it's like, oh, we created the first hybrid and now we're going to produce more and more and more. And now we're going to wipe out all the humans on Earth. Mm-hmm. Which... I mean, I don't know how that's going to play in the future American Horror Story seasons unless they go into the past. Because, like, at this point, now in 2021, you have to assume aliens are going to be in it more... Frequently? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Like, Depending on how fast the aliens age. Well, no, because that that was the whole thing was that once, you know, they start producing enough of these, they're going to invade and wipe out all humans on Earth. Well, yes. You know, they're coming out of the womb like these brand new babies. And we don't see the aging period of them. We only see, like, them being created in the womb only takes an, an hour. hour at the end. Where it usually takes, like, a few days um, in the beginning of it. Okay, that's fair. So it's, like, maybe in, say... 16 years we're gonna be overrun by these teenage aliens yeah i guess (laughs) oh man they're gonna be moody teenagers too with psychic powers and stuff listening to fallout boy and my chemical romance anyway (laughs) on that note we're gonna call it an episode um thank you guys for listening and be sure to watch american horror story ryan murphy if you need help you know i got some good ideas just throwing that out there (laughs) All right, everyone, we'll see you next week. See ya.